Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast brought to you by Cheeky Scientist. Uh, I'm your host, Isaiah Henkel, and today we will be talking to Ricky Hansen. Uh, she is a career and business change expert, um, speaker, and founder of Career on Your Terms, uh, which you can find in at careeronyourterms.com. She is uh, very experienced in helping uh, professionals really figure out the the right career path for them. And she specializes in how helping these professionals transition into different career tracks as well. Um, She's worked with uh, more than 500 private clients uh, one-on-one. She runs a lot of courses on this. She she has owned um, for 10 years, uh, an international career change consultancy and has a background in uh, human resources uh, from Morgan Stanley, Shell, and Citigroup Asset uh, Asset Management. Uh, so very strong background. She knows what she's doing. She's uh, been featured in The Guardian, The Huffington Post, and The Observer, um, and we are very grateful to have her today. So we are going to jump in with Ricky now. Thank you very much for being with us today, Ricky. Thank you. Right. So, so you work with a lot of different types of people and, and you specialize in career change. And like we just talked about, you specialize in helping people find their what. So we have a lot of PhDs here that are really searching to find their what. They know they want to get out of academia. So from, you know, basically one career track into another career track where they want to get into industry, which is, you know, these big businesses that, that, that you're familiar with. And, and they need to, you know, in that process, create that kind of new identity, help find their what. Many of them don't really know where to start. Uh, so maybe just the, the first best first question to ask you is how do you recommend starting your the career change process? How, how does it how does it work um, from your end? Well, one of the things I'm really by the way, hello everyone. I'm really excited to spend some time with you tonight. It's obviously tonight over here in London. What I would say for those of you who are thinking about how do you even start thinking about this because it can seem so intimidating. What I always recommend is that people actually start with focusing on what they do know. And also start by focusing on what is actually the problem you're trying to solve by changing career. If you know you wanna leave academia, why is that? What is it you wanna leave behind and never wanna touch with a barge pole again, as in you never wanna have any life again? And what is it you still wanna build on? Because I know there's so much fear. You've invested so much time, and in America especially, so much money on your education and there's a real fear of like, oh my God, I'm gonna be throwing it away. So focus on instead, what is it that you wanna continue building on and what is it you wanna move away from? Because how most people, um, PhD as well, you know, they start their career change, it's going out there and looking at what's available and then they feel terribly intimidated because they haven't done an inventory of what they, what they have to offer and what they wanna move away from and why they even wanna change careers. What are their motivators? So start by defining the nature of the problem you want to find a solution for. No, I love that. Thank you. That's that's perfect. And it's, it's great for you guys to hear this too, uh, you know, from as many sources as possible. Fig- I mean, figuring out what you're trying to move away from is, is a question that a lot of people don't ask. So like, I want to go here because I want a higher salary, or I want to go here because I want a different job title. Um, but figuring out what you really don't like about academia, and we talk about this a lot in the transition plan, right? Figuring out, okay, you don't like your daily lifestyle for some reason. What is that specifically? And once you figure out what you don't want, then you can figure out what you're going towards. Uh, so, so, so great advice, Ricky. But, but uh, even more so, if I can just interrupt, yes, but I please. also, there is a, there's quite a creative twist in this. Um, 
which I find when you've been somewhere like academia or whether it's academia or the corporate world for so long, it can be really difficult to know what you do want, whereas often you know what you don't want. And often what I ask people to do is if you know what you don't want, then almost turn it on its head. What would the opposite thing be? That's probably what you're attracted to. So almost write, take a piece of paper and just a very quick exercise and write down, obviously not now, you want to listen to this, but later on, you want to take a piece of paper and write down what you hate most about where you are right now. And then on the other side of that paper, write down what the opposite would be, because then you already get ideas about what you're moving towards. That's a really quick tip to actually get you started to turn negativity into positivity and actually give you some really concrete ideas. Absolutely. No, I love that. And, and just to, uh, to drive that home, I mean, I think that the main takeaway is if you're able to define what you don't want, you can flip it and, and turn it into what you do want. If you hate working at the lab bench, right, then you don't want to go and be a research scientist in industry because that's not going to solve the problem. You have to figure out, you know, what is different from that that you would enjoy. Uh, likewise, if you don't like you know, you don't like uh, the lack of feedback in academia. Okay, what's the opposite of that? Getting lots of feedback, working with a t uh, closely with the team. Uh, you have to look for positions that would provide that. Uh, so, so great stuff, Ricky. Thanks. Uh, so, to keep getting more practical, right? So, we have a, again a lot of PhDs, PhD students, postdocs um, are, are the majority of the people listening right now. Uh, how how can these people find time? And they're very busy, you know. And I know that the people you work with, right? Obviously, they're at these busy big companies. They're also very busy. So, let's say you you know you have a, a busy client come to you. Um, what do you tell them to do on kind of a daily basis, or what's the workflow or, or the path you recommend uh, for them to? to start that career change while they're still working at their past job or for our PhDs while they're still uh, working in these, in these labs. So how to find the time, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Well, yeah. well how, yeah. how do you, yeah, yeah. How do you find the time to, to do this? What, what, yeah. do, what do they do? How does it, how does it start? First of all, I want to be really, really frank. Most people are wasting so much time on things they don't even realize they're spending time on. So I'm very aware that, you guys are probably super busy, but I bet you if I walked around and followed you 24 hours a day and jotted down what, what you were actually spending every single minute on, then there are things that you are really wasting your time on. And I also want to be really frank with you. If you really want something, you're going to have to give up certain things. So in terms of finding the time, it's a matter of looking at what are you willing to give up in order to get to actually make this career transition, because it will take time. So I'm not just talking social media or TV or going down the pub or, you know, down the bar, whatever it is. I'm also talking about things that you, you might do because you enjoy or hang out with certain friends or certain hobbies or certain things. You might actually potentially have to put that on hold for a while. Don't put a hold things like exercise. That's good for you and that gives you energy. But things that you're really going to have to just look at everything you spend your time on. You're going to have to start to say no to people. I also know a lot of you are probably, this is a big drain, I know, and I know this especially for people like you, you probably also spend a lot of time helping your friends, you know, sorting them out, whether it's their emotional issues, their academia issues, giving advice to like younger students, all of this kind of thing. You are going to have to start to learn to be slightly more selfish for the next period if you want to make this career change. You are just going to have to carve back your time. And I, I know this can imagine, like Martin Asaya has probably mentioned this as well, cut out the people who want your energy, who want your drama, who want all of that, and then you will easily find a lot of time and energy. Having said that and getting off my high horse with that particular one, well, you also want to look at how can you create consistent habits in your life? 
So with my clients, they, I always tell them, you need to find three, four slots a week, whether that's two mornings, you get up earlier, whether that's certain evenings, certain afternoons, you've got a lot more flexibility with the way you guys have your setup. And then that is literally set aside and it's sacred. That's what you use for career transition. And it's not just every once in a while, slap again, one against the wall, hope it sticks. We're talking three to four specific time slots every week that when you get to Tuesday, 4 p.m. or whatever it is, and Thursday, 3 p.m., and Saturday, 11 a.m., whatever it is, you know that's the time that you're going to spend on your career transition. The people who make career transition is because they make it a habit, and they make it consistent, and they take it seriously, and here's the kicker. They make it the biggest priority in their life. So that means that if right now you have other big priorities in your life, you're going to have to decide whether they're more important than your career transition. You're going to have to put it first, put habits around it, start saying no and claim as much time and even start saying things, no to things that you actually like spending time on because this is going to take time. Oh yeah. I love that. So just, I mean, just the, I think the two biggest key takeaways there and I'm just loving, loving what you're saying here uh, for, for those of you listening, right? So, be more selfish with your time and energy. Think, well, uh, you know, I spent all my time in the, working in the lab anyway, right? But a lot of you have come to us and said, you know, I feel so guilty if I leave the lab or my PI, my, you know, my boss is going to be upset if I have to go to a networking event during the day or my other, you know, my colleagues might look at me differently if I'm not doing certain things. You have to become really, really selfish and realize that you're letting that part go and your new priority is transitioning out to something else. Uh, so, so being more selfish with your, t- your time and energy and putting that, extra time that you gain back by uh, being more ruthless with it, you got to put that time into these better habits, like Ricky just said, and and creating habits and priorities centered around your career transition. So many of you say you want to transition into industry, and then you just go about the lab and, um, you know, in academia doing the same things you've always done. You have to set aside those habits, whether it's the first 30 minutes of the day before you even get to the lab, you know, networking online or on LinkedIn, looking at job postings, uh, scheduling out the networking events you're going to in advance all of these different things. Uh, so uh, that's crucially important. So I'm really, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, there's a really great quote, and I can't remember right now who it's by, but it says, if you want your life to change, you have to change things in your life. So it's a little bit like, you know, right now, you're clearly, it, it, you know, a lot of you are probably on this call because you're really unhappy, you're really fed up. And often that means that you don't take good care of yourself. And and you sort of do things that comfort you and, and makes you feel safe because this is really uncomfortable, you are going to have to just face that for the next amount of time that you're going to spend on this, you're going to be uncomfortable. So it's just really important, therefore, that you set up habits so you feel in control. That's always how I tell people, like, when they're like, oh, I'm so worried and I feel so fearful about all of this. That is why habits are so good. And I love the whole thing about the morning ritual. If you start something first thing in the morning, be selfish first thing in the morning, do something for your career thing, change first thing in the morning. So it's done because then you actually feel like you're in control. And then from the rest of the day, even though you're giving your power and your energy and your time away to the labs or where it might be, you've done something for yourself. Then you've got your weekends, you've got your holiday, you will, you all have time somewhere where you've got to change something right now. If not, nothing will change. And change only happens by consistency and accumulation over time. So that's really how this falls together. Absolutely. Yeah, great. You know, again, if you guys want to transition, then you have to change the way that you're living your daily life now. You have to change what your priorities are now. And so, 
staying on that time point, as in making something happen right now, uh, that leads me to the next question. What are some specific actions that, that, that be, these PhDs can take to start their career transition? The student says, okay, I'm ready to start doing this now. They figured out why, they figured out what they want. What are the first steps, just super practically, uh, that they can take? So I'll, they already know what they want, so they already know their what. Is that what you're saying? Or, or I guess not. I guess that would be the very first thing too. Let's just say somebody comes to you and they want to change careers. What are, what but they the first don't. But if before or after they know what they want to do. Sorry, just because there's a very big difference. That's why I'm asking Isaiah. So is it the people who already know what they want, or the ones who are just starting out? And, okay, perfect, fine. So what I would say is that if if you are on this call and you're thinking I haven't got a clue what I want, then what I really want to say to you, and I even want to say this as well to those of you who think you know what you want you probably don't even know or are aware of 70% of the things that could be open to you. And this is something, and I'm going to get on my high horse for a moment here, because, you know, there is such a, and there's an article, um, and we can put that in, in the group later on. Um, Isaiah and I, we have a common friend called Michael Simmons, uh, and he writes for Forbes magazine. And he's written this great article about closed and open networks. So the problem is that most people in the world, um, and especially people in academia, and also people in corporate, they are around people like themselves all day. You know, they go to the same bars, they go to the same restaurants, they go in the same place on holiday, it's the same place at work, they read the same books, they read the same magazines, they visit the same websites. So they're only aware of their little world. Whereas people who have open networks, they are very connected to people from many different professions, many industries, many cultures, many backgrounds. One of the, there's really, really interesting, there's a lot of research that's been done on, on Steve Jobs. And one of the main reasons why he was so incredibly successful and, 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 and did so well and, and, and was so unique was not just because the guy was really bright, it was because he had his fingers in so many pies. He was hanging around with Buddhists and Hindus. He was into calligraphy. He was you know, into all kinds of crazy things that he pulled from all of those different, you know, areas. And, and the moral of the story here is for you guys and girls too, you really need to broaden your options and to look really broadly as to what you could do. So, you know, you need to read entrepreneurial magazines, you need to read industry magazines, you need to read creative magazines, you need to read about all of the different careers and jobs and professions that exist out there. Because frankly, there are careers and jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities that didn't even exist two, three, four years ago that exist now. So for all of you, I would say just really focus on right now and just educating yourself on just how much is how many options are available. I remember uh, when I grew up, so I'm 41, but I remember when I was um, a teenager, I have a very vivid memory. And I don't know if you have this in the U.S., but in Denmark and in the UK as well, we, we used to have this book called The Careers A to Z. Do you have that one, Isaiah, where you have like all the, the, the careers you can have in one book and then they give that at, at school and you can look through it? Yeah. Do you have that as well? Yeah. 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 And I remember standing there and I was probably only 12 or 13 and I still remember thinking, this is crazy. There are so many billion people in the world and you can fit everything these people can do into a book that I can hold, hold in my very, very small hand. And I'm a small girl, right? I have small hands. <laughs> the whole idea is just so crazy. But... I bet you every single one of you, or 97% of you listening to this call, you still behave as if the world is like that. You go and you look at the 
careers A to Z, you go and look at the job boards and think that is all there is. There's so many more options. So the first thing you really want to do, whether you know you want or not, just make sure you thought broadly and widely enough. The second thing, and I'll make this again for both parties, is network. And on purpose, notice I am not saying networking, because I know for most of you, especially the introverts, that's just going to make you feel sick, <laughs> right? When you hear the word networking, it's like you rather go to the dentist or something. So <laughs> I suggest when, and, and, and honestly, I will tell you, personally, I am one of the, as you can probably hear, I am one of the most extroverted people you will ever meet. I personally hate networking. So what I had to redefine for all of my clients is I had to redefine networking to make it work for them because I have a lot of introverted clients too. And even for extroverts like us, it's not that easy. Don't think it's just about that. So the way I redefine networking is with network. And the way I think about it, and this going to sound like a corny, but hold with me for a second, it's actually making friends because you should never be networking with people that you wouldn't want to work for or like or hang out in the pub with. So Think about how you can expand your network of friends, your network of, and if you don't like the word friends, you know, connections. And only really think about hanging around people and, and events and association and meetup groups and all of that where you actually want to be because you have an interest in being there. And this again goes back to, do you really know what you want? Because if, if you are feeling like you go to these events and networking events and you're like, I don't even like these people. Why would you even want to go in and work somewhere like that? You know, so focus and the way to build your network muscle is to, I bet you all of you have hobbies and interests outside of, of academia. So start going to meetups in the kind of arenas where you have an interest. So let's say, say you're into knitting or you're into vegan food or paleo or um, what is it called? Weightlifting. Go start going to meetup groups and those kind of things because they attract people from all backgrounds and you get used to being able to be yourself in a network, networking scenario. That's the best way to build your network, networking muscle. So you get used to actually connecting around a common theme and making friends. And guess what? You're bound to meet someone there from the industry you want to move into and that's the best way to network. Once you spend some time getting comfortable with that, then you can go to the to the events and the meetup groups with industries you want to move into because you're going to feel so much more confident. And also remember, again, go to them because you actually want to go work there because it truly is something you want to do, not just because you think that's your only choice or because you want to make money, but because you actually want to spend time with these people. What's the point in leaving the lab and the academia behind if you don't enjoy that? And then go spend your life with someone you don't want to enjoy spending time with neither. So really turn network or networking to your advantage by really getting a feel for, do you actually want to hang out with these people? And this is not a matter of whether you're introverted or extroverted. This is a matter of whether you, you, you actually like hanging around these people. So those are the two things. Really know your options. You have many more options than you think and start building your network. That's so important. There is a quote, and I want you to write this down, and it's I'm giving orders now, but it's a really important quote, and it's, um, it's a guy who started a company called CD Baby, where, I don't know if you know it, it, it was originally um, for people who couldn't sell music any other way, he started a CD delivery service online, and he's got this amazing quote, um, and it, it says, opportunities come through other people. Opportunities come through other people. Opportun and, and that's his quote, end of his quote. My add-on to that is, I have never seen anybody change career from behind a computer. 
eating a bag yes. of Doritos, you know, <laughs> or you know what else you do when you're, you know, snacking and all. It's a little bit, career change never happens from behind your computer. It's great for researching, but you guys are already good at that. So that's going to be an easy bit for you. Career change and career transition and anything good in life for that matter happens out there in the real world, connecting with other people. You know, you need other people to do this. As bright as you are, I'm sure some of you have IQs the size of China, but you need other people. That's the most important thing for you to take away. You need to make friends. <laughs> you need help. People need to know what you're up to. So that's really, really key. The amount of people who are like, they're calling me they're like, oh, Ricky, I'm really, really trying to change career. And I'm like, okay, so does that mean thinking a lot and researching a lot and staying behind the computer? And they're like, yeah, and I still can't figure it out. I'm like, well, no kidding. You can't think your way through to a career transition. Oh, just great, just great advice. I mean, that, that whole uh, sequence right there is amazing. So many, so many nuggets in that. And uh, I mean, the, the big takeaway there, guys, and you, you guys have heard these concepts before, but Ricky just did a very powerful job of bringing them all together. Uh, you're not going to get a job from behind a computer by uploading your resume in your lab. You, if, if you haven't learned that yet, you know, there, there's, there's nothing now after hearing this from me that's going to teach you that. But it's so true. You have to get out there in the real world. Uh, as we talked about before, and, you know, you have two eyes and two ears. You have to network because, like the quote that Ricky just mentioned, opportunities come from other people. And you've got to go to different types of things. I'm really glad Ricky brought that up. We call, we call those, right, blue ocean networking events. Don't just keep going to the same networking events with the same people in your lab. Uh, go to different types of networking events, whether it's architecture, art, whatever else, because you never know where that, that career transition opportunity is going to come from. And, and it could come from anywhere. Because again, you don't know what you don't know, which Ricky talked about at the very, very beginning of that sequence, is there are so many different options out there to you that you have no idea about because all you think about is, I have to be a research scientist. That's the one job that was out there. That's the job that's been out there since, you know, for the last hundred years in, in business. There's so many different things out there. So just great, great job. And you're, you know, you're really inspiring, uh, I think, the listeners to, to think create, creatively, uh, Ricky. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, so just moving forward, okay, so there's, a, there's everything out there, right? You don't know what you don't know. You have to go out and you have to network. You have to see what else is available. You have to get out there in the real world, like you said, um, to, to, to find these opportunities. Uh, but what about the person who comes to you and – Maybe they found a great opportunity. Maybe they, they're, they're sure that they want to, the, the transition. They, they, have, they, they know that they need to network, but they have this kind of nagging feeling that maybe they shouldn't leave their current job or their current career track. And, and they ask you, how, how do they know? You know? And we have a lot of people ask us this. Like, maybe they're just on the fence of whether or not they should transition. They almost feel bad or guilty for leaving. They're not sure if they should leave their current career track. What advice do you, do you have for these people? Is that the question as in, how can I be sure I'm making the right choice? Is that the kind of question we're asking yes. you? Yes. Okay. okay, there is only one answer to that question, and that's you can't be sure. Sorry, I said it. You can't be sure, but let me give an analogy. So basically, how do you know if you're making the right choice? You don't. But then again, imagine what are the two things in, in life that really matter to a certain extent in terms of how we spend our time? It's what we do for a living, and it's who we spend our time with. Now, could you imagine if everybody asked, whenever they were like trying to have feelings for someone, oh my God, how do I know if I'm making the right choice? We would never have children. Well, we might have, but not, not real, you know, beloved children. Uh, we would never have people falling in love because they wouldn't allow themselves. So what happens is you find someone you like, you go, you go on dates, 
you start getting to know them and you start experiencing how you feel in their presence, how they make you feel, what kind of person you become. And then you take this crazy chance and you fall in love. And it's exactly the same thing you do when it comes to career change. What you want to do is you want to test drive. It's not just a matter of, oh, here's the job offer. I'm going to jump right in. No, split, take that. If you really know what you want, split that job description apart. Look at the element. What elements can you already right now start test driving? If you're going to be giving a lot of presentations, if you're going to be dealing with clients, if you're going to be whatever it is, you need to put yourself in a situation where you can test drive that softly, whether that's taking a job in a bar so you know how to interact with all kinds of people, whether it's writing a blog about something you care about, whether it's putting on a workshop for your friends and family to do something, whether it's writing a blog, whatever it is, whether it's putting on an event, whatever those skills are so you can actually test drive in the real world on your own body whether you're going to like that. It's a matter of hanging around people from mm. that industry. Do you like being around them? So it's a little bit like how can you date? That's the analogy I'm after you. How can you date this new opportunity to find out whether you like it? You know, do courses around it, write about it, talk about it, speak about it, put on events related to, to your friends. You know, all of those kind of things. You need to test drive, you, you know, and, and get some kind of real life feedback. But the fact is, you won't know until you jump. But the reason why I'm giving the love analogy is at some stage, you're just going to have to, you know, just go for it and see what happens. The worst thing that happens is, it's not going to work and you're going to go back. But you learn so much about yourself by having had that experience that you know so much better for next time what you don't want. Whereas if you just sat on the friends, you wouldn't have any of that information. And better to fail and get feedback than just sit on that friend for the next 40 years or 50 years or 60 years and beat yourself up because you didn't do it. And it's the same thing. Who, same thing. Who had that girl or guy who got away? Huh? Don't let that happen to you in your career. So no, you will not know if you're making the right choice, but there are things you can do to test drive the different elements mm. of the new career before you make that jump. So that's the answer to that question. And frankly, here's the thing. If you're not willing to take some risks, you will never change career. You will never fall in love. You will never do anything worth doing in this lifetime. And frankly, at the end of the day, when it comes to things like this, and, and accepting a job offer, let's say it really doesn't work. You can always go back. I mean, the great thing about you people, you have a profession to fall back on if stuff really goes wrong. So you yes. risk more by not making that jump than by staying. I, I don't even, sometimes I don't even get that question, but I know it's because we all have fear of failure. We're afraid of, of you know, of, of making the wrong choice. But fact is, you need that information in order to make better choices. So go for it. Clearly, you want to do due diligence. And as I say, you want to make sure it really is what you want to do. But so that's the answer to that question. Does that make sense? Powerful. Yeah, that's 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 great. And I think the key is, you know, you have to take a risk. But you guys, you're not really taking a risk. OK, you guys are all highly educated people. That, and you can always go back to a postdoc. You might hear these horror stories from your PI who wants you to stay there that you can't go back into academia. It's not true. The walls just aren't there anymore. You can go, you can switch between in industry and academia all the time. Uh, you know, so worst case scenario, you take a, a low-paying postdoc if if it doesn't work out. It, yes, exactly. As Jennifer said, it's a very it's a very calculated risk, and it's a, it's a smart risk to take. And I love the idea of testing out these careers, or at least the job duties first, right? So many of you are like, I know that I think I'd be a great consultant, right? I think I, I really want to work for McKinsey and Company, whatever else. Um, but you've never had to work in a consulting type environment. You've never actually gone through a uh, 
you know, a, a case example or, 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 and you know, for those of you that want to be a technical sales consultant, you've never actually tried to sell anything to anybody. Uh, those of you who want to be an application scientist or an MSL, you've never, you know, you don't like presenting. I mean, try out these different things and see if you actually want it, right? Talk, focus on that daily lifestyle, not just the job title. Uh, test drive it, like Ricky said. That, that's Get great. Get some skin in the game. That's really the thing. You mm. need to feel in your own body and have a lived experience of trying some of those job description elements. Again, how, and this is really for all of you guys with the PhDs, how can I get out of my own head to get real-life feedback and input onto this decision I'm making? Again, you cannot think your way through to this. What can I do in the real world? You know, can I take a, a, you know, a sales job, like a, a mini sales job, and see if I like that or a presentation? Just, you need to do something outside of your head. That's the way you'll get the feedback you know to, get, you know, to make those choices and to feel more comfortable than making the jump. That's really what we're saying here. Yeah, I, and I love you keep coming back to that. I mean, you have to take action in the real world. Get out there, network, get out there, try out these different parts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. Thank you for joining us for another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast. If you're interested in attending one of these interviews live, or if you're interested in getting access to the full interview, including all of the background materials and show notes, Go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become a associate. Uh, you can get on the wait list for the next association enrollment period there and learn full details about the program. It's a program specifically designed to help PhDs transition uh, into top industry positions. If you would like to see receive more of these interview highlights uh, via our podcast, uh, sent directly to your email, go to cheekyscientist.com and email subscribe under where it says start here. If you haven't already, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, until next week, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.